Charles Barkley in bronze. A mighty good look now on Legends Walk at the 76ers training complex. I hope y'all appreciate my love for Philadelphia. My heart will always be here in Philadelphia. We'll talk with Barkley and the sculptors behind the design of his new statue. With Charles, you know, he has to come through with thunder. This sculpture has to have his presence. It has to show him this man was a little bit different in the sense of how he approached the game. Celebrating Sir Charles on this episode of the broadcast. What's good out there, 76ers pod people? I'm Brian Seltzer. Great to be with you on the podcast, as always. On this episode of the podcast, yes, we are going to dive in to the Legends Walk sculpture unveiling for one Sir Charles Round Mound of Rebound Barkley, a great event held at the 76ers training complex on Friday the 13th. Charles was in the house, his family, former coaches, teammates, 76ers executives and staffers who all touched Charles in some way, shape, or form during his time with the 76ers in the mid-1980s to early 1990s, a great tenure that laid the foundation for a Hall of Fame career for Charles Barkley. So we're going to talk with Barkley. We're also going to speak with the artists who designed and sculpted the new statue of Charles Barkley on Legends Walk. But first, our customary reminder that if you are not yet a subscriber or follower of the podcast, we encourage you to become one right away. We're just about everywhere you can find pods these days. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Deezer. Just type in Sixers Podcast Network and that will take you to our feed. So yes, we've got interviews with Charles himself and the design and sculpting team behind the new statue of Charles Barkley on the way, but first I wanted to play some highlights from the ceremony for Charles held at the 76ers training complex last week before his sculpture was formally unveiled on Legends Walk. Very nice. I don't know if I've ever been that skinny. We're going to hear from managing partner Josh Harris, co-managing partner David Blitzer, general manager Elton Brand, and the head coach of the 76ers, Brett Brown, putting the significance of Charles Barkley into their own words. I'm really very, very excited to be able to honor Charles Barkley, or Sir Charles, or Street Beef, or the Round Mound Rebound for you uh, old-timers that are in the, in the audience. <laughs> Charles, you, you stood for excellence your entire career. First as an NBA player, and now as a leading voice in our sport. Whether you like it or not today, you are a role model. I grew up really worshiping him because he was different. He was different as a player. He was different as a person. He was always real. You taught me the three Bs when it comes to speeches. Be brief, brother, so I'm, I'm gonna work on it. It's truly a tremendous honor to celebrate someone that I looked up to and emulated in my game every day. Simply, we are privileged to have you a part of our past you are referenced often. Your statue is not taken for granted. It's not something that just sticks there. We reference that. And for me personally, to be able to sit here and say that in front of you is a true honor. A montage about the mound, the round mound, Charles Barkley. And following the unveiling of a sculpture on Legends Walk, 
We had the opportunity to chat with Charles about what the honor means to him, his time with the 76ers, and the legacy he hopes to leave behind. Why don't we start with you just walking us through what your day has been like so far. <laughs> Tell us about that. It's been a fun day. Uh, it's amazing. I really appreciate the Sixers honoring me. You know, Philadelphia means a great deal. You know, I come here as a 21-year-old kid, had never been out of the South before, and the city welcomed me with open arms. And then for the opportunity to play with a Dr. J and Moses Malone and Bobby Jones, Maurice Cheeks, Andrew Tony, uh, Clint, Clint Richardson, Clement Johnson, guys like that. Bobby Jones, who's one of the most amazing men I've ever been around. It, it was a great situation, you know, because a lot of times, and uh, Billy Cunningham was a great coach also, but they taught me more about life than about basketball. And I was so lucky that a guy like Moses Malone, who's the most influential person in my basketball career, you know, he, uh, you know, I asked him one day why I was it wasn't wasn't not wasn't wasn't getting to play, and he said I was fat and I was lazy. And it stung, obviously, but I said, "What do you mean?" He says, "You you can't play basketball out of shape and at 300 pounds." And for a guy that great at basketball to take the time uh, to get me in shape. Uh, it, it, it meant the world to me, and he made me lose 50 pounds, and the rest is history, obviously. But if 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 a guy like that didn't care, uh, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Uh, so I was just lucky to come to a great situation. This is to take nothing away from the Naismith Hall of Fame because that is one of the ultimate individual honors in the sport. You get a jacket there nowadays. Here you have a sculpture, an artistic <laughs> embodiment yeah. of your likeness while you were playing. When you were walking up to take the cover off the statue, were you feeling anxious? Were you curious? And then no. when you saw the sculpture, what no. did you think of it? Well, it's interesting you asked me that question because uh, the guy did a fantastic job. Uh, the guy did a fantastic job. It actually looks like me. Uh, but, you know, so I, I got a statue at my college. And the first time I saw it, it was awful. Looked nothing like me. And I said, no, no, you're not putting that thing up anywhere. So actually, the first time I saw this, th this thing was when they actually unveiled it. And I thought the artist did a fantastic job. It looks like me. But I think the main thing is just the honor. Uh, the Sixers did not have to do it. I, I sincerely thank them from the bottom of my heart. Uh, but it, it, it's just a really cool thing, uh, you know. So every time these guys come, they get to see it. But they also get to see Doc Moses and all those other guys. So it's special. And like I say, Philadelphia means a great deal to me. Uh, and I will always be thankful for this city. That's awesome. What was it like being able to mingle and interact with so many people from your life and your time here in Philadelphia throughout the day, former teammates, former coaches, staff members? What was that like? Well, it was special because they could have been doing something else. Uh, you know, we don't see each other that much anymore. We all live, we're scattered all over the world. You know, sports aren't like 
people think it is. Like you might play with guys, but once the season over, you don't see them in again until the next season. You know, a lot of guys go back to their hometown and things like that. So when you see these guys, uh, you know, Johnny Dawkins, uh, I'm watching his success as a college coach now is pretty special. One of my old teammates, Gerald Henderson, it was great to see him. See my old coach, the old, actually the old owner of the 76ers. But also, uh, you know, there's three or four guys who work for the Sixers. And actually, Scott Rigo and Adam Lumpkin are still there. And I saw Ronnie Rabina today, who I hadn't seen in a minute. Uh, but, you know, the, the one thing that I, and I said in my speech, nobody is successful by themselves. And I want to repeat that. Nobody is successful by themselves. So, as I said, everybody who went to college with me, who coached me, my first, uh, excuse me, I, I want to go back to high school. Every player who played with me in high school, every player who played with me in college, eight years in Philly, four years in Phoenix, four years in Houston, every coach I ever played for, they get a little piece of the statue. And because, like I say, it, uh, life is a journey. And there's so many people who've been on this journey with me. Um, it's amazing. One of the themes of the speeches that were given before you got up to the podium and spoke was just the generosity of your spirit. Mm -hmm. What's the origin of that? Where does that come from? Man, I, um, just be nice, you know, you know, you do something stupid like dribble a basketball. You know, like I say, there's like three real jobs in the world, teacher, fireman, policeman, doctor. You know, I'm not a teacher, I'm not a fireman, I'm not a policeman. Those jobs are really important and significant. We make a lot of money to dribble stupid basketball around, get to travel the country and the world, you know, work for seven months a year, get three or four months vacation. We're the luckiest people in the world. And I think you should always sign autographs. I think you should always take pictures. Is it a pain sometimes? Of course it is. But you have to look at the big picture. To be able to dribble a basketball and have the things that have happened to me in my life. Uh, man, I'm just a lucky dude. So I try to always be cordial to everybody uh, and don't take myself too serious. And then to build off that, I know that when guys are playing, it's probably not something that's on the forefront of their mind. But as you're working your way through your life post-playing career, do you think much about like what you want the legacy of Charles Barkley to be? You know, if someone had to, to write up what your legacy was? Well, I don't think about that too much. What I think about is when, when you die, people say, oh, sorry he's gone. He was a good dude. I mean, because you don't want to be one of those people that says, glad he gone. I mean, it, and, and I don't mean that to be morbid or whatever. I don't want people to cry for a week when I kill over. I'm not afraid of death. It's, I know it's coming. But, I mean, let's be realistic. When some people die, we're glad they're gone. Uh, that's just, I, I want people to say, oh, good dude. Uh, and that's it. Uh, but like I say, I don't want to, my legacy is, when I kill over, I don't want people to be able to say, I don't want them uh, having parts and I'm glad he's gone. Charles Barkley, 
hard to find too many people like Chuck and just really a lot of fun and uh, awesome to have the opportunity to sit down with him and talk the day of his sculpture unveiling on Legends Walk here at the 76ers training complex. And it really was amazing that the recurring theme for virtually everyone who spoke in tribute to Charles up on the podium during the ceremony last week, the recurring theme was one of Charles just always giving back, never being too big, despite all of his fame and success. He has this genuine, good-natured, wanting-to-make-others-feel-good aspect of his personality that he's carried with him, really, for the majority of his life. Just uh, a really excellent guy. Hey, some really exciting news from 76ers land in recent days. The team has announced the details for its annual blue and white scrimmage. It's going to be held Saturday, October 5th at 1 o'clock at 76ers Fieldhouse in Delaware in Wilmington. It's the home of the Sixers G League affiliate, the Delaware Blue Coats. Tickets are free, but to secure them, you've got to sign up for the Sixth Man Fan Newsletter. That's going to have all the information about how to sign up for free tickets to the Sixers Blue and White Scrimmage at 76ers Fieldhouse in Wilmington, Saturday, October 5th at 1 o'clock. To sign up for the Sixers Sixth Man Fan Newsletter, go to sixers.com slash sixth man. The other interview we have for you on this episode of the podcast is a conversation with three guys who really form the brain trust behind the design, execution, installation of the Charles Barkley sculpture on Legends Walk from Fisher Sculpture. It's Chad Fisher, co-founder and lead sculptor on the project. His father, Fran, another one of the co-founders of Fisher Sculpture, and Doug Kruger, who was the assistant to Chad Fisher on this project. Fisher Sculpture has created each of the now eight statues on 76ers Legends Walk, and we started the conversation with Chad, and I asked him how was it that his family's company got to be involved in this initiative in the first place? We got involved um, when Moses Malone passed. We have friends over at NFL Films, and they suggested that we should reach out to the 76ers because they will probably do a statue for Moses. And so we reached out and said, you know, if there's any interest in doing a statue of Moses, we would like to participate somehow, some way of honoring him. Well, my dad, you know, we're from the Philadelphia area. My dad was born in Philly. So, you know, we are pretty we have an emotional connection to the, the Sixers and, you know, four for four, five for five teams, you know, and uh, it, w- it was a, it was important not only to my father but, and to myself to honor Moses if, if possible, um, bringing the championship. And, you know, my dad always talked about him and Julius. And so when we reached out, um, we then had a, a meeting with uh, Chris and Chris Heck and Katie O'Reilly. And they proposed doing a walk uh, outside of their new facility, which was being built, which would honor all of the retired numbers. And it would be called their Legends Walk. And at first, we're like, it's great, you know. Um, that that's that is going to be incredible. Uh, why don't we do? Well, let's, are we going to do portraits of them? Like, how do you want to organize this? And they said, no, we would actually like to have the full figure 
in this space just outside of, the, of one of the buildings. And it's like, oh, wow, we get an opportunity to actually make the figure in motion. So it's not just doing a portrait. We get to compose these little like harmonized, um, I, I guess, designs of basketball players that hasn't been done before. So because really, you know, there may be a, a basketball player here or there at a stadium or, you know, at a facility. But to have this, what Trist has described as an outside gallery for the 76ers was phenomenal. So, so as soon as that conversation took place, we got started. And it was like, how can we, you know, we're all about harmony. Uh, so we wanted to have each figure in harmony. But then we also wanted them to be unique in their own way. So they'd have their own anatomy, their own personality. And each one would be an, a piece of art in itself, but also they would be one unit of legends uh, that any viewer could observe and see differences and similarities within them. So it 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 has... I have grown so much through this project because it's been challenging on one end and it's just been so satisfying on another end and it's it's just been wonderful. It is a really awesome point of pride just speaking to someone who comes into the building day in day out like you look forward to making that walk at least I do from the business office which is where I work to the basketball operations building because you get to have a glimpse of these statues and figurines on a regular basis and now as you said, I mean, this isn't the first one. We're starting to get up there. We're, I won't give away any spoilers, but after the installation of Charles Barkley, there's two left in the series. So we're kind of getting there, and you can see it all come together. And, Fran, i got to think, is it almost like, I don't know if bittersweet is the right word, but it really is now the whole vision coming together with this project. It's both. It's interesting that uh, seeing the lineup and talking to the points of harmony and how they all work together with the ball moving up and down as you go through the – lineup it is bittersweet to see just the last two which we won't talk about yet um <clears throat> to be installed uh shortly uh but it's been a wonderful journey with the sixers we're probably four years into this from first discussion to today and it's been a wonderful experience um we have ma helped make uh the players the staff and I think the fans, you know, see a different aspect. And Chad and our team has had the opportunity to create true fine art sculpture and bridge the gap between sports and fine art sculpture and portray harmony, excellent portraiture. And it helps the fan base actually become fans of good fine art. No question. Chad, it starts with Hal Greer, and then it goes through different eras and periods of the 76ers in their history, talking about the sculptures on Legends Walk. What distinguishes this specific sculpture of Charles Barkley from the other installments in the series? So with this one, uh, yeah, and it does, it, it, with Charles, it, you know, he has to come through with thunder. You know, like this sculpture has to have his presence not only, you know, it has to look like him, but it also has to be, you know, his movements. So it has to have some personality. It has to, it had, the idea of the sculptures is they present the souls of the figure. So they're just not mannequins. And that's where, 
that's what differentiates fine art from other stuff, which is it's not factory work, it's fine art. So they breathe and they have a soul. And with Charles, it's like, you know, he has to come through with thunder. He has to come through with power, you know. His anatomy, I mean, he, he was just a very well-built man. I mean, his, his calves are huge. Uh, you know, and just like, so I've analyzed Wilt, and I've analyzed Hal Greer, and I've analyzed like Bobby Jones, and then you analyze uh, Charles's anatomy. And his, his calves are enormous. Uh, I, I, I can't believe how big his arms are. Like, I mean, he's very well-built. And then the fact that, of, that he had this athleticism and finesse it's it, it it was it was a delight going back through highlights and going back through all of his different you know uh poster material photographs with chris and katie and we worked with uh desron and mike goings just and jacqueline it's just like going through everything with the sixers team of saying like does this represent charles best and it we it, it's really been like a collaboration with the Sixers. It's like because it's not like this is what we're doing. It's more of been like, all right, let's do this, but like, can we push it a little bit? You know how how much can we take this to the edge of the engineering and the anatomy to make this the best work of art possible? And uh, so Charles, yeah, he's coming through with some power. That's the idea. Is to his differential is just it has to be. It has to show him, you know, as he steps on the court, that this man was a little bit different in the sense of how he approached the game. These probably aren't the the finest details of the piece, but Doug, something that jumped out to me was even down to like the 76ers logo on the warm-up shorts for Charles that in the pose on this sculpture when he's going up for the tomahawk dunk, like the shorts are raised and you can see the Sixers logo, um, the detail on the sneakers. Give us some insight, Doug, on on more of what Chad was talking about, the, the depths that you guys go to in researching the subjects that you're sculpting, um, the lengths that you go to to make sure that all the details are there in the piece. Well, I've only been working with Chad for a few projects now, but uh, I've already witnessed, yeah, just how... Uh, intensely he researches things and he goes as far as to order you know pairs of shoes off of ebay that he finds that are the exact match of the shoes he's looking for and <laughs> really i've seen stacks and stacks of photocopies of every angle he can find of you know the subject matter to make sure the portrait's right on and the the whole stance and position of everything so yeah the details are what really makes it true to that person and the whole era and the sport itself so that's amazing like that something that just the layman and myself would never think of of course like yeah you order the shoes that's just going to give you that much a better sense Absolutely. of, of yeah. what these guys are wearing what is it like for you um and i can ask uh since since you guys have been with it from the start um chad and fran what's it like for you the day of the sculpture unveiling when you're here i know you've brought family in the past you obviously are family but to be here to see I would presume some of your heroes having this moment um, and being honored in this way. What is that day like for you guys? It's very special. It's uh, and it, it, the Sixers make it special. You know, um, I, you know, we they're open to inviting my kids, and it becomes this whole thing of teach. It's a teaching point for me as a father, and 
and the history of the game, what basketball represents, what um, human achievement represents, and why these players are being revered with a bronze statue. Like, what did they do? Um, and so, um, when I was when it was Julius Irving, I was showing my kids um, different. YouTube videos and different images and him dunking from the foul line and, you know, just showing them as much as possible of who this man was to the history of the game with the ABA, how he changed. Uh, my daughters are now uh, playing basketball within their school. But just, it, it, it really has an effect. And, you know, the Citrus are great because they're, they're just so warm to my family. And so that's been wonderful. But I remember my daughter, when I said, you know, Mr. Irving, do you mind taking a picture with my family? My daughter's like, he touched me. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they've they learned to um, look at them with admiration as I did uh, because of the way my father spoke of them. And whether it's the earlier figures like Hal Greer, who has uh, unfortunately passed since his statue, but he was able to see himself... Uh, immortalized in bronze and I think that's a really special moment for you know you, you see your um, when you question your mortality I think it's a good thing and to question your achievements and to question what are you doing with your time and uh, how they used their time how they persevered and um, so it's been a really great element as a father and, and and as a person too I've grown quite a bit I learned from them you know reading how much, how hard they practiced, what they had to do, how Julius would stand underneath the basketball hoop practicing over and over with his left hand and over and over with his right hand. And it's just like, wow, you know, it, there is no ceiling. Like, you can go further. And um, so it, it, each statue then on that day of the unveiling is a chance for us to be together in the education, but also a moment for us to to watch everyone uh, react to the statues and and then that that's that's the fulfilling end of mine and is to see the reaction and saying oh it looks like him or that you know it actually looks like him or this is uh the portrait <laughs> the portrait is right or oh look at bobby jones you know diving for the ball or that's the way uh billy shot you know, his jumper. Uh, so it's like, it's it's nice to see that people look at all the little nuances and the details and, and they're happy. You know, you actually get, I when the, as soon as the veil goes off, I, I try to look at whoever's being represented and the family members that are with them to see if they're happy. Because if they're happy, then it's like, okay, we did our job. And, uh, you know, we don't want any anyone looking at it like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, because um, they're, they're there's statues like that, and uh, we're trying to do our best in uh, honoring them because it's their legacy. This is this is their representation at the Sixers. So you have a, there's a responsibility on our end to do it right. The sense of pride is very high with the reveal, and I always uh, reflect on the first sketch that I saw Chad do, uh, and all of the effort, the hundreds of steps behind the scenes that it takes to get a an, a thought into final bronze. Uh, it's great for our family. There's a lot of pride in the family for what um, Chad has achieved and what we've achieved as a small family company. 
I also see something interesting, and it was Chris had mentioned this. Chris uh, Heck had mentioned this. The players always glance down the line. And I know some of them, if not all of them, imagine themselves on one of those pedestals at some point in time in the future. And I think that was part of their intention, and it's brilliant. You know, you capture the city. You teach people step-by-step how art is made, number two. You inspire the players. You create a transformation as you and other people come to work. You know you're in a special place when you see a company like the 76ers provide uh, the funding for this walk of fame. It is tremendous. It's got to light people up who work here. It's got to light up the players. And then, of course, those that are honored uh, can't be anything but proud of their achievements to see their image there permanently in bronze. I know I said earlier that there are two more sculptures remaining in the series, but I think we should put a date on the calendar 20 to 25 years from now, maybe get a couple more Larry O'Brien trophies in the uh, yes, <laughs> in the building yes, and yes. some guys in the current roster might need some statues as well. Well, this has been terrific. Guys, congratulations on a project. Well done. Awesome stuff. Appreciate the time and congrats. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, I mean, it is not far-fetched in the least to think about guys on the current 76ers roster who, who knows, someday may, like Charles Barkley, be immortalized with some bronze treatment. Hey, coming up next time on the broadcast, we're going to dive into how the 76ers starting five stacks up against its competition, not just in the Eastern Conference, but around the rest of the league. That episode will be coming away most likely early next week, so be on the lookout. Talk to you then here on the broadcast. See you.